Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Peta Morton is joining me on the show today. Peta is a respected Reiki and mindfulness teacher, author, and speaker with a clientele around the world. She discovered Reiki relatively late in life as a result of a series of awakening and conscious expanding experiences that followed a life-threatening illness. Today, she provides a signpost which helps others to remember their true nature, to express their own unique voice with authenticity, and to reconnect with the powerful healer within. Her pioneering work, Imagining the Hidden Geometry of Reiki and the Geometry of Love, has received acclaim from thought leaders and scientific researchers around the world and is helping to form a bridge between the worlds of science and spirituality. Her first book, Ancient Teachings for Modern Times, The Way to a Rich and Deeply Satisfying Life, is out now. Welcome, Peta. Hi, Amy. Really nice to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. A few things to talk about before we get started with today's episode. If you have not subscribed to my newsletter yet, I have some exciting things coming out in the next weeks, months, unclear how long it's going to take me to get it together, but there will be some stuff coming out and I don't want you to miss it. So head on over to dramyrobbins.com and subscribe to my newsletter. And I also wanted to tell everybody about an amazing opportunity with IANS. IANS is the International Association for Near-Death Studies, and their 2020 conference is online. This year's theme is Unlocking the Healing Wisdom of NDEs, and the program is packed to the brim with fantastic speakers and experts to guide newcomers and seasoned experiencers alike through the mysterious worlds of near-death experiences, spirits, and the afterlife. This conference, again, is online via Zoom, August 14th to 16th, and you can visit IANS.org for more info. That is I-A-N-D-S.org. And many of the speakers who have been on this show in the past are also members of IANS. It's an amazing organization that really promotes the work, so much of the work that I'm doing on this show in terms of bringing to light many people's spiritual experiences and spiritually transformative experiences. So head on over and check that out. And now to today's show. Thank you for being here. So I want to dig right in here. I want to talk first about the first chapter in your book, which was all about vibrations. Because we have not, I've not really addressed this on the show, and I know it comes up for people a lot, but can you talk about what it means to be vibrational energy and kind of how we use that? Yeah, um, it's funny, isn't it? Because it, it, this this whole idea that, you know, lots of scientists will say yeah, everything that exists is, is almost all empty space, you know, and it's just these tiny molecules and particles that are vibrating and the rest of it's space. I found that really, really hard to wrap my head around. You know, I know what the scientists will say, but you might have a big suspension bridge made of steel. And it's like, how, how is that empty space? You know, I just, I found that really, really hard to get my head around. But, you know, I had a really interesting conversation with a lady called Jude Curavan, Dr. Jude Curavan. And she was explaining to me that, 
even the tiniest particles these days, you know, the, the smallest levels you can get to, when you really look at the macro level, you get right down to that tiny level, it's just oscillations. There's really, even in the, you know, the quarks and the leptons, she said, the, the, the smaller you dig down, actually the less solidity you find. It, 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 these things that appear solid, they're just um, waveforms, they're just fields of energy that are, that are vibrating and oscillating. You know, and I'm sat here on a chair and my feet are on the floor. And, you know, if I stub my toe, it really hurts. So I, I found that really quite, quite fascinating. And when I was researching my book, I found a lot of the old teachings would say that what we deem as being solid, you know, the, 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 the gross matter, you know, the, the table and the body and this hard physical thing, it's not the only form of matter. And that you have different densities of, of this you know, what I call Reiki, but, you know, lots of people, you can call it what you want, but this spiritual substance that sort of holds everything together, you have this solid matter, um, and it just takes different forms. And sometimes it's very, very dense and, and um, contracted and compacted. Um, and sometimes it has more space in it. And things like words and thoughts are just as much a part of the material world but they're just more spacious, you know, they're less tangible, um, but they, 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 everything vibrates, you know, when we have a thought, it creates a frequency and it creates a, a vibration, you know, when energy moves, you have a thought and it moves energy and energy, as energy is moving, it creates a sensation. And of course, when, when we feel energy moving in our body, we say, oh, that's an emotion, <laughs> you know, but really all it is, is it's just a sensation of energy moving. It's, it's just this energy moving in different ways um, and contracting and expanding. And you have these processes that are just ongoing all the time instigated by what we're thinking and what we're feeling. So yeah, that whole mind, body, thought, emotion dynamic has just fascinated me for the last 10 years, really. And is the constriction of the energy really the, the more sort of negative vibration? Is it negative and positive vibrations or negative and positive thoughts that lead to a lower frequency of vibration or less vibration? You know, it, you know, I'm, I'm not a scientist, you know, you probably got that. You've got that, mm. you've got that tag. Um, but I don't see it. Um, I, I really struggle with this whole negative, positive label. I, I see it more as push pull energies or more expansion mm. and more contracted, you know, to me, it's all just different forms of the same thing. It's the same thing expressing itself in different ways. And sometimes something that's contracted and feels uncomfortable it's there for, for good reason. It's to, to push you towards something else. You know, it's when you put something under a lot of pressure and it's pushed down, you know, we're feeling it at the moment with the, you know, what's going on on the planet. It puts us under a huge amount of pressure. But, you know, it's like, it's like pulling an elastic band back. When you pull it all the way back and it feels really tight and taut and, you know, like life's tough and it's, it, everything's under stress, everything's under, under pressure. But the minute you release that, then you fly f so much further forward so even the times that we're under pressure they serve a purpose you know they serve to move us sometimes it's to they serve to not move us in a certain direction you know sometimes it's just the body going whoa hang on this isn't very good for me you know you you feel when something isn't comfortable you feel when something isn't good for you so sometimes it's designed to move you towards something that's better feeling 
And sometimes it's because we grow from it, you know, and you, you train a bonsai and you can shape it and you can mold it. And out of that, that, that confinement and that, you know, being, you know, shaping something and making it fit into it, disciplining it. And actually you can create something really beautiful from that. So I don't see it as negative. I, I really struggle with that whole mm. negative, positive thing. So what are things to do if we aren't feeling particularly good in a moment to raise our vibrational energy? I, I think the most important thing is start becoming aware, you know, and start paying attention to what's going on. Because most of the time we just react to to triggers you know we feel a sensation in our body and we react and it might be something that's been caused by you know your next door neighbor might have done something and it you know it, straight away the mind starts going oh they're doing that thing again they you know and straight away you're not present you're thinking about something that happened in the past or past experience or even you know way back something that happened in childhood or, or it may be you know a cosmic influence you know there might be uh, you know at the moment we've got four comet comets in the sky and all sorts of alignments and that often stirs up energy in the body and what generally happens is we just react to it so i think the very first thing is just to start becoming aware of what's going on and start watching it so you can go oh oh i feel i have this feeling in my body it's like oh hmm yeah i'm feeling angry or i'm feeling irritated and just to watch it you know without judging it in any way and just go oh, isn't that curious i've got this you know then you can start digging it a bit deeper and, and, and start asking well what what's that all about then what's because the, generally there's a belief that's attached to any emotion but what I love to do, especially, you know, I get in a funk like everybody else does. But what I really enjoy doing is um, I put a timer on my phone. So I have, you know, I, I set the alarm so it goes off every uh, every hour or so. And I get a little ding. And I'll just stop and I'll go, what, what have I got in my head at the moment? What am I thinking about? Mm. And I'll go, oh, ah, <laughs> I'm doing that thing again. <laughs> But, you know, just by becoming aware of what's going on and what, then, then you, you, you can detach from it, you know, without cutting yourself off completely, but you can start observing what's going on and, and, and then you can choose whether you want to, to take action or not. But most of the time we're just oblivious to what's going on and we just have a, some sort of triggering sensation and we go, oh, I'm really angry <laughs> or I'm really depressed. And it's like, well, no, actually I've got a heavy energy. And so just being aware of what we think, you know, just being aware of what we're thinking. And I think it's the first step. And then of course, once you're aware of what you're thinking, you asked about raising your vibration, yeah, gratitude. And when I say gratitude, I don't just mean, you know, oh, thank you for, you know, thank you for the food we've got on the plate. It's a real, for me, it's really appreciating what's here, you know, despite what it might be that you want to have in your life that hasn't arrived yet. You know, I'm, mm. you know, I'm, I've got a lot of fire signs and, uh, you know, very impatient. I want everything now, <laughs> if not yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. And actually taking time to appreciate what is actually here right now while I'm waiting for the next thing to show up. You know, what, what is around me right now? And just pay, really paying attention. So instead of just, you know, eating a bar of chocolate and not even noticing it go, go down, actually stopping and tasting 
and thinking of oh, what's the texture like and what does it taste like? What can I smell? What are the, one of my, she was, she was a client and a student and um, became a really good friend. And she, she died of cancer a couple of years back. And she taught me so much about savoring every last just every last drop of life and I, I remember she was lying in bed and she couldn't lift her head up on her own she was you know really in the last few days and yet still she saw a ray of sunlight coming through the through the the the, the window and she could see the leaves of the trees and that's all it was a, it was a really dismal little room she was in as well and yet she was still inspired by that light you know, just by being able to watch the patterns on the wall. She found something to appreciate right up until the last minute. And that really, really, uh, really stuck with me. You know, when when you see a lot of the people that I see in, in um, that, that come to me for my work, you know, often they have everything going for them. They, they arrive in their, their flashy new car and, you know, they're off on a holiday and they'll be moaning about the fact they've had to change the tyre and they have to... I've got to spend time packing, you know, I've, I've got to pack and I've got to go on holiday and I have to travel to get to my holiday. And they just kind of miss the whole adventure of life. So when you talked about in the book, vibrational energy, you also talked about the scale, the bol- bolus scale. That, was that what it was called? Yeah, bolus? I think, yeah, the, bo- yeah. the bolus rate. Yeah, it's, it's the vibrational rate that um, dowsers tend to use to they, they can measure the, how, how fast. It's, it's, it's done intuitively, but they would use a, like a little graph and you can use a pendulum, pendulum to, to measure the, the energetic vibration, rate of vibration. It, it's not a scientifically done thing. It's, it's very much done intuitively with a pendulum or a rod. Gotcha. And do you use that in your work? Um, I use it for demonstrations just because it's just mind-blowing for people. Um, what I love to do is to measure somebody's rate um, of vibration at, at a certain time. And then what we'll do is we'll go outside and play for 10 minutes, you know, like kids. So we'll mm-hmm. go out and we'll throw a ball around or we'll play leapfrog or, you know, all these things that or hide and seek, you know, do something really silly. And within 10 or 15 minutes, we come back in and I'll measure again, and you'll, what you'll find is their, their energy rate is, is, is literally like doubled, if not tripled, in 10 minutes just by playing. And it could be anything, you know, you could do it in a conference room and you'll measure it and then you'll throw a ball around between people in the audience or, um, or dancing, you know, but you'll find. And I just think it's so important because it teaches people that actually play and allowing us, we don't allow us, you know, we're so busy working no. and being very strict with ourselves. Um, yeah, so actually playing with, giving ourselves permission to play and have fun, it changes so much. Especially, you know, I see, I see a lot of businessmen as well and, you know, they, they're brilliantly successful careers, but they're so blocked in their, their sacral chakra, because, you know, the lower back and things because they just, they, they have to. Everything's in the... I must, I should, I must be doing this. And I said, you know, when was the last time you just went out and had, you know, you just played, you did some art or you went dancing and they go, oh, I don't do that. I don't have time to do that. So it's really play. It could be play in a, how we think typically like childlike sense, but that free form lack of structure. I did this last week with a friend. We were, we were having drinks and I love to dance. And so they turned on the music and she and I started dancing just like totally having the best time. 
And the entire rest of the night, I felt so much better. Not that I even felt bad before, but you just feel how it lifts. It does lift. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I lift do it a lot, actually. If I'm, because I, I, I've always been quite prone to depression. You know, it's, it's one of those things I struggled with a lot when I was younger, um, which is why this has helped me so much. And this sort of getting those negative thought pattern I'm negative but you know you get those thought pa- patterns you know that I'm very very good at poor meing <laughs> and you know very very quick to concentrate on what's going wrong with my life um and when I find myself getting stuck like that I will stick the music up and I, I'll be on my own and I'll just put any it doesn't matter what it is yesterday it was reggae but you know I'll stick a bit of <laughs> bit of disco on I'll be bopping around the kitchen and it changes it's something shifts so yeah, or it just might be just going out, take the dog out for a walk and, and you know, sit in nature and any of those things. Mm-hmm. And, and what's really interesting when you're talking about dousing, I do something at um, conferences as well, and you can, you can measure the size of somebody's energetic field with your rods. So you can walk up to somebody and, and you'll see the size of their, you know, their aura, their bubble. And we play with that too. And so I'll get them to think of a time in their life they felt, you know, maybe ashamed. And I say, don't worry, we won't stay there. But, you know, when did you feel afraid or think of your last tax bill or, you know, whatever, something the way you just felt a bit it. And you see that that, um, that bubble just shrinks right, you know, within two or three centimeters from the body. And then when you think about something really uplifting, you know, just think of a moment that you felt good then it expands like enormous. It's just, it, it triples mm. in size again, which is why I always keep, um, I've got a photo of my kids just after their, their, my my second daughter was born and my eldest is sat there and she's probably two or three at the time and she's looking at her tiny little fingers, her little, her little sister. And every time I look at that photo, I just get that, oh, it's giving me goosebumps again, you know? It just gives me that, oh, and then you, everything opens up and feels lighter, mm-hmm. and then the energy flows. And that's the expansion that you're talking yeah, I mean, about you, when you're talking about vibrational energy. Yeah, that just everything in life, it, you know, when you look at sound, um, contraction, and when energy moves, it does that wom, 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 wom thing, you know, and it's contracting and expanding all the time. So can you can you speak a little bit to in the book some of the ancient teachings and how we're adapting them and in a more western way but also does that dilute them at all or do they lose their potency when we adapt sort of these ancient ways of doing things I with with the when I wrote the book I wanted to do something that just opened I, I wanted to do something that just opened a door and that doesn't mean to say you can't delve more deeply you know it's the, the longer I study Reiki the the deeper you go and the more profound it gets you know these people who say oh you just do Reiki you really haven't understood Reiki you know that the deeper you go with your, your practices um, but that doesn't mean to say I think there's room for both you know, I think you can have something that's really, um, it, it literally is just opening a door. But once that door's open a chink, then there's always more to discover. And there's always, so do I think it dilutes? So I think some practices do. Yeah, I think you can water things down. And I think it's important to stay as close as you can to the tradition. But what I found was that no matter which practices I looked at, it doesn't matter which culture they came from, they were all basically coming back to the same 
the same very, very basic principles. And actually, they're very easy to apply right the way through your life. And it doesn't matter whether it was Sufi or whether it was, it was from, you know, Taoist or it was Buddhist, uh, Christian. I, I really struggle with dogma. And, you know, the whole religious side of things, I was really, I found that really challenging. So it, 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 I was quite confronted by that to start with when I started doing the research, you know, I really struggled with that. But actually, they all say the same thing. And the, the, the teachings that um, they share are actually so valuable, so valuable and so simple, not easy. What do you feel like are the main principles, like the the big ones. The big ones. I, I, I think really becoming aware of your thought, of your your speech. You know the power of sound, uh, the power of the word, the spoken word is is vital. Staying mm-hmm. in the present moment. You know that's a teaching that comes a, across cultures. So you know being present, being aware, not getting lost in what what's happened in the past or worrying about. You know whether you're going to pay the bills tomorrow or what's going to happen next week when you do a, you, you give a presentation at work, what are people going to think of me? You know, really coming back to the present, remembering to take action. It's all well and good. You know, we're in a body on this planet for a reason. It's not enough just to be, meditation is wonderful, but, and imagination and creativity and all those things that, you know, they're, they're, they're brilliant, but it's, it's about bringing the two things together, you know, not losing sight of the fact that, wow, we have this amazing, amazing body, um, putting the two things together and taking action, you know, actually doing something with that. So, you know, you being inspired, letting yourself be inspired by this, this part of yourself that has a higher perspective, if you like, you know, that, that non-conscious part and, not, not getting bogged down in what's in it for me, you know, just bearing in mind that we're part of a greater network of things. And I think we've lost, I certainly have lost a lot of sight of that. You know, everything was about, you know, uh, what, what am I going to get out of this situation? And I think increasingly we've, we really need to be moving towards what can I contribute? You know, what can I put in? Mm. And, and just trusting, you know, as you try this stuff, as you trust, that when you put in, you you receive far more back. Actually, you know, every time you give, I think I, was, I did a Deepak Chopra. Did, there was a, a twenty-one day Deepak Chopra Law of Abundance thing doing the rounds recently, and I love this. I he he said every time you give something, you get seven times as much comes back to you. So every time I'm paying my bills, it's like every time I'm in the supermarket, it's like, oh, look. <laughs> Normally I'd be, I'd be okay, going, oh my god, I was just how much this how much this shot's gone up over the last, you know, the last couple of years and oh, and this time it's like, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm paying this bill, but seven times as much is going to come back to me. So, but the, the, they're, they're very simple principles. It's all about, and, and also feeling from the heart, you know, how does this feel to me instead of trying to do everything with your, your mind, you know, right, mm-hmm. with logic, just letting go of that and, um, really seeing how things feel in your body you know do I feel lighter or do I feel heavier so it's it's really this conscious attunement yeah it really is it's about putting the two things together there's a place for your mind and logic you know I'm not I'm not dissing that at all it's important but I'm much more about feeling uh, I yeah intuiting my way through life it never lets me down when I listen to it 
I pay attention. Every every time I look back at anything that ever went catastrophically wrong in my life, there was always a moment where a part of me went, this is a really bad idea. And then my mind would wrestle it to the ground and say, oh yeah, but you know, he'll be a really nice guy and he'll really look after you. And then you find you've been, you know, <laughs> six months down the line, he's gone off and, you know, it, it's yeah, every it's time it's gone wrong. It's because I haven't paid attention to what my gut was telling me. Mm-hmm. So it, so you, I know we're not here to talk about the geometry of love, but I was certainly curious about that because as you wrote in the book about the shapes of the, of the world and the way that, that things take shape, particularly in a sphere, that was fascinating to me. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, it's just been, um, it's been a real journey for me. I, this is going back about 10 years ago. I had a series of um, spontaneous, I don't know what you'd call them, visions and, you know, expanded, expanded consciousness states. And I saw all sorts of, um, I saw this big, um, this image of me and I was in a conference center. I was an estate agent at the time, but I was in a conference center and I had this big white screen behind me and, um, and somebody on a massage table and I'm passing my hand over them on a massage table. And as I'm passing my hand over, I could see all these geometric patterns on the, the screen behind me. And they were moving in real time. And I had no idea what that related to. But I knew it had something to do with our chakras and our meridians and our emotional state. And I was explaining something about DNA. And, um, and it, it just had no, it made no sense to me at all. And today, that's actually what I do. I go to conferences and I talk about this stuff. And basically, what I'd seen is I'd seen um, cymatics patterns. And cymatics, it's the study of sound and vibration made visible. So there's, there's lots of different ways that you can do it. You know, in, in the old days, they used to do it with sound, uh, sand on a, a cladney plate and they, they would bow the cladney plate and it makes all these geometric patterns but today you can do it literally just with a you can put a, a little dish of water on a speaker if you want i was lucky i i john stuart reed who's a um he's a leading cymatics expert he really gave me a leg up with this but what happens if you if you play a frequency or you you make noise it, it, it basically it causes the it makes these geometric patterns start to form on the, the, the membrane of the water. And of course, we don't know very much about water. You know, there's so much about water that we just have no idea about. Just that in itself fascinated me because it's like, oh, that's what I saw in this vision. It's like, wow. It's like, so I became interested in, in cymatics. But around the same time, um, I started working at distance and doing um, Skype sessions, um, Skype Reiki sessions. And what was really, really interesting there is every time, like we could have a perfectly normal conversation with, with somebody, um, no interference, no, you know, just a nice, clear, like we've, we're speaking now. And yet the minute we started to share Reiki or, you know, it doesn't have to be Reiki, it could be any, I, I, um, there's a, a, a GP um, who does prayer healing, faith healing, Isaac Nemmer. And I've seen he's, he's had a similar phenomenon on his videos, but somehow Skype amplifies what I think is a sound that's already present, but it's just not within our field of hearing. And somehow it amplifies mm. it. So what I would find is that as soon as I start showing Reiki, there's all these sounds that would come out of my speakers. 
Uh, so you get vroom, vroom, vroom. Um, and different sounds for different emotional states or different clients. So, you know, some days it would be beep, 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 very fast, uh, very high frequent, like you get it. So different, um, different, really different um, sounds for different conditions. And, uh, and I'm starting, I think I'm starting to make the links with um, what's going on astrologically as well in people's natal charts. I'm starting to see themes, but it's early days, you know. But the, the, the computer would pick up all sorts of things that you might be aware of psychically and intuitively. And the computer's just, you know, sometimes you'll see colors forming in the, um, you know, like the, you can't see it, but you can see on the screen there's, you see flashing lights in the room. And the computer picks up something that we might catch psychically, but it somehow amplifies it. So what I started doing is we'd, we would take the sounds from these sessions and we'd make an MP3 or an MP4 recording and stick the aux lead in. And the vibrations from these sessions would uh, make a geometry on the water. You know, they move the water. And so you can film, you put a light on them, you can film them and you can see what's going on. And it's just fascinating you know, when people are, and what do you when, when people are in what do you feel place, like that means? Well, when people are in a really good feeling place, what usually happens is, and they're healthy and they're well. What usually happens is it forms a very coherent, structured geometry. You know, very beautiful, like beautiful. I don't know if you've ever seen the the work of Masaru Moto, who did the work on um, ice crystals. Basically, what happens is when we're in a good feeling, healthy, happy place, what usually tends to happen is we have this beautiful structured water that um, the geometry that forms is, 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 is beautiful, makes these amazingly, very, very intricate patterns. And yet, if you were to do a session with somebody who was, um, you know, had post-traumatic stress disorder or um, somebody who had cancer, quite often what happens is the sound becomes very staticky. You know, you get this like, almost like you have a radio that's stuck between frequencies. It's not one thing mm-hmm. or another. We're seeing a, like, I'm seeing a lot of that at the moment, actually. But when you, you run the, those sounds um, through the cymatics pan, it just can't, it really struggles to form a coherent geometry it's very disordered you know lots of holes or it's over amplified you know sometimes people are very stressy and it's like the emotions are it's like big stereo speakers and what happens if you put the, the sound up too loud when you're doing cymatics work is all the water literally just jumps out of the pan it's like gets so excited that it doesn't form any shape so it's so interesting to think about what that would mean, right, for the mind-body connection and the chaos, like if we feel chaotic in our bodies, how that's then reflected so clearly in the water and how when we're organized, because nature organizes itself, right, like in, in these types of shapes, even though, I mean, I remember, I think I was at the museum once and they were, we were exploring like beehives and and the the shapes of the perfection of the shapes of the way nature organizes Mm -hmm. itself and it's like nature prefers organization do we also prefer sort of that organization versus the chaos you know that sometimes swirls within us yeah and i think we have to sometimes we have to go to that chaotic place for new things to form though you know sometimes right to reorganize there's a place um for disintegration and chaos and actually, even within that, there, there's, 
you know, very quickly new shapes will form. Lots of vortices, you'll see lot, you know, that whole yin-yang, um, the, the toroidal structures, they form all the time, this vortex energy at every scale. And, you know, often they just sort of pass, they go out into different fractal forms as well. So you'll have one vortex and then another one that forms out um, either. It, it's just fascinating. Just thinking that what's going on in that dish is probably what's going on inside my body in the in this within the cells and there's a guy um, who I love to follow on um, Facebook he's crazy crazy experiments he's constantly every day he's doing something new but he does this thing called bubble cymatics so what he's done is we have this um, cymatics pan and he's literally just got kids bubble bath and you know the, the stuff you blow for the kids and he's put um, his name's David Shearmeyer and he blows a bubble over the pan and then shines the light through it. And so what happens um, in that case is you can actually see these patterns in 3D. So uh, instead of just seeing this flat version, now you're actually seeing this intricate geometry, but it's moving out in all senses. All, mm. And I kind of think that's what we're swimming in. You know, it's around us all the time in, in the, the air that we're breathing and the you know, the ionosphere, this, it, it's constantly moving so and I, and I suspect that's what happens you know when you walk into a room and you pick up an atmosphere you know that somebody's had a, a fight two minutes before you came mm -hmm. in you feel it I actually think mm -hmm. what we're doing is we're interpreting those geometric structures that aren't visible but they're there and right. you're feeling whether it's disordered or whether it's coherent and what did you say we were like routers routers you you call them routers routers that you've like router, router yeah, for, the, for the for the for the for the wi-fi computer yeah, yeah we're just constantly interpreting packets of data well this this was so interesting to talk about it in this way and i'm really grateful for your time today if people are interested in this work where can they find you how do they find your book how do they find out about what you're doing yeah i have a website it's with my name petermorton.com um so it's p-e-t-a um, M-O-R-T-O-N.com and you'll find the books any any good bookshop uh, you find it online at Amazon and all the independents um, have it as well but you can also find it on my website and courses and you know anything that's coming up all sorts of new stuff going on as well so well thank you for your time today. thank you so much for having me on here it's uh, I love talking about this stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I don't blame you it's so interesting I love listening and learning from you so thank you oh bless you thank you like what you heard today and want to hear more wondering what comes next and what it all means head over to apple podcast spotify stitcher google play or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between. <laughs>